I think a lot of times, uh, a lot of my thinking is based on um, having hardcore evidence. Uh, if you don't have hardcore evidence on things, sometimes we can mistake evidence for being good evidence when it's not really good evidence. Like, say, for instance, those red hairs I was talking about. And I said, well, you know, it could be it could come from a crevice in a, a piece of furniture, or, you know, or blew out of the air conditioner two years later and the year before. But but anyway, whatever the case, there is always that slim possibility that it's something entirely different than what we think it is. There's always that very, very slim little line that sometimes we can't see as human beings. We can't see that uh, there's a possibility that this happened and and it wasn't what we all think it is. Regardless to popular belief, it could be something incredibly different. Um, like, say, for instance, uh, let's see. It could be totally different from what you thought it was. Let's say I went into a woman's house uh, when I was, I think I was 10. I was 10 years old and I was in Frazier in Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee. I was 10 years old and I was looking for another little 10 year old buddy of mine that hung out on the streets with me. And I went to his house and they had their door wide open. Well, I didn't see him nowhere. And I just walked on in, you know, before I realized I was wrong for doing it. Um, I didn't really realize that I was wrong for doing it ever until right this second. But <laughs> uh, thinking back on it, I was wrong. Um, so I walk in this lady's house looking for him. And I was going to ask his mother where he was since I had walked all the way there. And um, I couldn't see anybody anywhere. But there's a purse on the table. So I went in the purse and I took out like however much money she had in her purse at the time. I remember. And I did the same thing my stepdad was doing. I went to the same place he was gambling at illegally at this place called Big Daddy's. And I played video games. <laughs> I, t I, I walk into this lady's house and open her purse and take the money out. I'm 10 years old. I take the money out and I go to the place where illegal gambling happens with these machines that also has video games for kids. I guess that was part of the front. Uh, and I go in and I'm playing uh, with her, the money I stole from this lady. I'm playing uh, Spy Hunter. I think Spy Hunter was one of the main games I played. Uh, I was driving this car that you could squirt oil out the back, or it was called Slick, some oil slick. Uh, you had Turbo. And, and then I liked, uh, there was another a car game that you could drive uh, pole position. I liked pole position and, and there may have been another game, but anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. But the fact that a little 10 year old walked into this house, and took that $10, that's crazy. But what I'm getting at is that lady probably had no other person to blame, but one person and they didn't even do it. So whoever she might have blamed, if she did, what you know, she probably did because it was gone from her purse and her purse has been with her in her house or wherever. And no one should have had it. She probably blamed someone who was near around nearby, or she at least thought they did it. And she was almost certain of it. I guarantee it. But the evidence is you don't see, you don't see what happened. You don't know. You have no clue what actually happened. 
you think maybe because your husband was nearby, he took it, or your kid was nearby, he took it, or or whoever, you know. But you just don't know that a complete stranger, 10-year-old, walked into your home and opened your purse and took the money from your purse. Yeah. I mean, you have no way of knowing. Yet, your common sense tells you the only person that's been around it was little Timmy. But little Timmy has no idea what you're talking about. But there you go. You're ready to punish little Timmy now. Right? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And that's why I don't like uh, the idea of judging people with this, with the jurors and the judge. Because it's really gross to hear that 13 people. No, no, let's go with 14 people if you count the prosecutor. Let's go 14 people, the judge, the prosecutor, and 12 jurors work together to find someone guilty of a crime that they did not commit. It happens all the time. All the time this happens, constantly. This is always on the news. People didn't do it. They find out they didn't do it. But how could 14 people come to the conclusion without a... Uh, uh, without a doubt that this person did what they say they did. And then 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years later, they realized they were wrong because they were being judgmental and we're not supposed to judge other people. It doesn't matter. I know what, uh, I know you can't just allow people to run crazy and all that. I understand that concept, that earthly concept. I understand that, but it's also, we're not supposed to judge people. That's in the Bible. You're not supposed to judge people. So what, do we just shrug that off? We just shrug it off and just, hey, no, boy, that doesn't mean anything. we got to do this. You see what I'm saying? And that kind of thing, or that's the type of thing that I think about that makes me go, hmm, you know, where do we get off as human beings picking and choosing what we want to listen to in the Bible? You know, like God said, listen to this word or, if you don't like this one, listen to this one. Okay, well, let's just skip this chapter. God said you can skip this chapter and move on. No, this is none of that. That ain't happening. So anyway, we shouldn't be judging people. Um, it's obvious. If you, convict, if you convict one person, and, and you know how many people they've probably killed on death row who didn't deserve it? <laughs> they didn't deserve it, rather. I mean, think about that. It is crazy. The amount of people who have been locked up and and we only see the ones who they admit to being wrong with convicting. They only we only see the very few that they will admit to. We don't see the ones that they'll never admit to. We don't see any of that. And that's a sad thing because if I put myself in that person's shoes and I'm just sitting there in prison because some jerk comes up and accuses me of something because he feels like I'm not worthy of living anyway. You know, how oh, that's going to be horrible. You're sitting there because some guy judged you. It all comes down to one person pointing the finger at you. And then you got all these other people believing what you said. Yeah. So I think that uh, we're doing a little too much judging when we judge other people. I don't think we're supposed to be doing that at all. At all. You know, I was reading some stuff in the Bible about the great city. And how uh, it would see turmoil or, you know, it's going to see it's going to be worse for the great city than it was for Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, it makes me wonder. 
is this the great city? Because we sure brag about it being the great country all the time. Um, I'm sure, you know, as I got older, I started thinking, well, I'm sure other countries also brag to their people that they're the greatest country on earth. I'm sure of that. They don't say, oh, we're just a small country. And uh, so we're at the bottom of the, <laughs> no, they brag and they act like they're number one because they want to win the respect of their people and they want to be uh, patriotic or whatever. But um, anyway, I'm getting off subject a little bit, but yeah, I just, uh, well, the thing with evidence, with having evidence against people, I think that we're not, we're, we're not capable. I don't think we're capable. Um, I just don't. I don't think we're capable of doing what is going on when we're just going to continue to, it says somewhere that, uh, locking one person away, um, like that is, is the same as all of man doing it to all of mankind. And, and I agree. You're just as bad as if you've done it to everybody. So I think, um, I don't see how people can go home at night and go to sleep when there's a doubt that they put someone away in a cage. Who did nothing wrong? I I can't see how you can live that way, and and being elementary about it, I guess, and being simple about it, I just see that they're all bad because you're part of it. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I want to respect the system, but the the system's like becoming something that I can't respect. It really is. You can't you can't respect that. You cannot respect people being charged and sentenced for crimes they didn't commit plea bargaining. That's the worst thing going plea bargaining. Please, dear God, people don't plea bargain. If you ever get in trouble, don't plea bargain, take them to trial. They don't want to spend that money on the trial. They don't. And they'll make them think twice before they get to trial as to whether or not it's worth taking you to trial because they have to have you dead to rights in order to, to take you through the trial and and come out on top. Otherwise, they're going to be looked down on because they wasted a bunch of money on trial and didn't even find you guilty. So, uh, yeah, um, if you can not plea bargain, don't do it. <laughs> if you can avoid plea bargaining, avoid it. Um, I went through things where I could have taken it to trial and been better off, but like something like when they pretty much forced me to admit. And yeah, I say forced because they admitted, they told me that I wasn't going to get out of jail for over a year waiting to go to trial. I had to sit in jail in a cage for a year awaiting trial to prove that when I was bitten by a dog, I wasn't sniffing glue in public. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, actually it wasn't even sniffing glue. It was methamphetamine. They charged me. I told that story already. They charged me with 26 grams of methamphetamine and it wasn't even any methamphetamine. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I had to sit there if I didn't sign and say I was sniffing glue in public and I wasn't sniffing anything, but I had to sign this so that to cover their butts, I had to sign and say that I was guilty of sniffing glue in public when all I was guilty of was nothing. I had just been bitten by a dog and an ambulance came and the police came and found something on me that was, I already explained it. It's a head cleaner for a tape, for a tape cassette deck. And it was back in the eighties when that's all we had. We didn't have DVD players. So I constantly had a cassette deck 
on my hip, no matter where I walked to, um, all the time. So anyway, they tested it and found me uh, to be in possession of 26 grams of methamphetamine in this little tiny bottle that's head cleaner, like I said, and uh, told me if I didn't admit to sniffing glue, then uh, <laughs> they weren't going to release me for a year. I'd have to wait trial. So yeah, I plea bargained. I wish today I would not have. I wish today I would have sat there and then rubbed it in their faces and then got somebody fired for doing that garbage. That's not even humane at all, man. That's garbage. When you do people like that, or the time when I was knocking on doors to find out if I if I could get a yard to cut, because it was just what I did in that neighborhood at the time. I knocked on the door. I was 18, knocked on the door. Nobody answered. Went to the next door, knocked on the door, and I'd been known for cutting yards. Yes, I was. And uh, this one door was hard. It was an iron door, and I pulled on it to knock on the wooden door, but it wouldn't pull. It wouldn't open because it was locked. I just thought I could pull it open and knock on the wooden door, but it didn't work. So I walked to the next house and talked to the lady, and she says, yeah, I could do it. When her husband gets home, he'll be able to pay me because he's got the money. So I'm like, okay. So I get to the next house. Before I get to the next house, um, I notice a cop drive by me. So I'm like, what is this guy looking at? So I go, I go down the road and I actually have something in my pocket um, that's fake jewelry. And I wanted to go to the pawn shop to look at it and see if it was real. This is the truth. <laughs> so I've had it in my pocket for a while, but the pawn shop's just right around the corner from where I'm looking for these yards to cut. So I walk into the pawn shop and I come out before I can get out of the pawn shop. These officers block me and tell me, uh, I ain't going anywhere. I can't remember exactly what they said, but, uh, they said they had the suspect in custody and I'm like, what a suspect. <laughs> so they take me to jail. And, uh, first the guy investigates cause he says, what were you doing? I explained it to him. And he goes to the lady that I said, had said it was okay for me to cut her yard when her husband got home and he goes over and talks to her and he comes back and says, I'm going to jail because she doesn't, she didn't say what I said that she said, he says, when I know that she didn't say no, I know that she let him know, yes, he had asked to cut the yard, but he made his own mind up that I was trying to burglar or I had burglarized someone. So he takes me to jail for three days. I'm sitting in this lower level cage underground. Yeah. Being treated like an animal underground for three days before they go. They come to me and go, well, it doesn't look good for the home team. We're going to go ahead and let you go. And he explains that they were trying to make sure that I hadn't burglarized anybody in the neighborhood. And they waited for three days to see if they could find some burglary nearby to charge me with. And none happened. So, yeah, there was no, he just jumped to the conclusions, came to his own conclusion. Because what he's seen in the past, he puts these scenarios that he's gone through at work and, and puts them with everybody. So now I'm part of the criminal group that's in his little brain and he takes me to jail. You see what I'm saying? These little things, these little things are not cool. Those three days were three days of my life, not his, mine. See, he got to go home. I didn't because of his mistake. And that happened to me all the time. So forgive me if I don't have a whole lot of respect for that, but I really and truly do not. And thank God I'm, I'm uh, away from there and not near those guys. <sighs> crooked, crooked, crooked. Shortly after that, I think, uh, sometime after that, I think a few of them were, were arrested 
for burglary. A few of the police officers, I think four of them, got arrested for burglary for burglarizing Jerry Lawler's house, a wrestler. A w, I don't know if he was on WWF or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, crooked cops, you know. And that kind of thing with evidence, that's what I'm getting at. The whole system is twisted. You know, they're going to make things look the way they want them to look if they have the money and they have the power. And you don't stand a chance. So protect yourself. Save money for an attorney. Save money for bail. Because <laughs> you never know if you're going to get arrested for something you had no clue what was going on. You never know what's going to happen. You just don't know, especially if you're in those southern states where that's their main source of income is policing and arresting people. So anyway, I'm done with that. Uh, uh, I hope things start to change over there. I haven't been there in years. Um, I've seen a little bit about it on the Internet, and it seems like the same old city to me. But I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm better off here in the northwest where it doesn't seem so Nazified. Y'all have a great day. God bless you.